Well, praise the Lord. Uh, this is a great day for signs, wonders, and miracles to take place in your life. We want to look at uh, healing, healing today. Uh, have, have you had a healing in your life? I'm sure you have. Uh, have you uh, prayed for someone to be healed? Everyone got excited, didn't they? Yeah. Well, guess what? When Jesus did some healing, people didn't all everybody didn't get excited. So we're going to talk about today about healing in the midst of persecution. Yeah, there's going to be persecution sometimes because people just do not like what's going on. It's not fitting into what they want. Therefore, uh, it's threatening them, and they're going to try to stop it. So we want to look at that from Matthew chapter 12. Verses 9 through 14. Matthew 12, 9 through 14, and we also look at verse 15. Let's look at this this morning. Now, when he had departed from there, Jesus had departed, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand, and they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? that they might accuse him. Well, this Jesus went, what do you go into uh, church for? I hope you go into church to worship. Yeah, you go in there to worship the Lord. You go in there to spend time. Uh, you go in there to uh, minister, maybe. But he, Jesus was going into the synagogue. And there was a sick person there. He had a withered hand. What does that mean? It was all dried up. Not able, couldn't use his hand. And so Jesus wanted to do something about it. You know, sometimes we may be withered and dried up on the inside. Oh, yes. May not be a physical ailment, but it could be on the inside as well. And Jesus wants to make sure that we get fresh, we get watered down, we get healed even on the inside. Now, here they were, these, these Pharisees, they were uh, looking at him, and they said, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? That uh, They might accuse him. They're always looking for something to say something against Jesus. And that will take place. And he said to them, what man is there among you who has one sheep, and if he falls into a pit on the seventh, will not lay hold of it and let it out. Or how much more value there is, is a man than a sheep. Therefore, is it lawful to do good on the seventh? And he said to them, to the man now, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. And then the Pharisees went out plotted against them how they might destroy him. You know, when it comes sometimes in churches, I'm saying in churches, sometimes people get upset that something is taking place. Religious people get upset that something is taking place within the church that they don't like. They don't believe it should be there. I had this uh, happen to me in a church that I was serving. Uh I was told by my uh, district superintendent 
that I should not teach or preach in on healing because people got upset and they went to him. Even I had two bottles of anointing oil taken off the pulpit. So something was going on. People were just not quite ready to receive what Jesus had. And so I was told, Frank, don't you dare teach or preach on healing. Well, I always, I always had learned to obey the authority over me, except when it went against the Word of God. Now, they were going against the Word of God. So, therefore, what did I do the next Sunday? I preached on healing. You see, some people can get upset because healing is taking place in their religious community and it just doesn't quite fit to do it at a certain time. For the Pharisees, don't do it on the seventh day. That's work. Well, Jesus was saying, listen, what if you had a sheep out there and, and, and it get, get, goes out and aren't you going to go out and, and try to retrieve it back into the fold? Sure you are. You're going to do some work. So what, what is it about that you can't heal on the seventh? You can't heal. You see, it is God's will to heal. He didn't say when. He said heal. It is his will to heal. That's who God is. That's who God is. Remember what it said in Exodus fifteen twenty six. It said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Yeah, that's who he is. That's what he always wants to do. Over Also in Exodus, let me turn there, in Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter 20, let's see, verse 6, talking about God, for showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. See, God wants to express his mercy upon people's lives. He wants to show us who he is. He is our healer. Turn to Psalm now, Psalm 100. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5 very shortly. We're just summarizing. In Psalm 100, we have make a joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Hallelujah. Shout unto the Lord. Yes, get excited. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. It is God who has made us. Now, if God makes something, don't you think he knows how to fix it? I believe he would. Uh, you know, uh, I've got a problem going on with my automobile right now, and I don't understand. So later on, to, later on, I'm going to carry it to the car dealer because you see, the car dealer uh, sells the cars that were manufactured by a particular company, so they know how to fix it. So that's what's going to take place. Now, God knows how to fix us. Whether it be spiritually, mentally, or physically, he knows how to fix us because he made us. 
Now going on down to verse 5, for the Lord is good. You've got to realize that God wants you healed because he is good. God is good. He doesn't want to do anything bad towards you. He didn't put the sickness on you to test a trial. You, he didn't put that sickness. You got to endure that. No, the sickness did not come from him. He, God is good. He wants to bless us with good things. Hallelujah. Also in verse 5, his mercy is everlasting. It never gives out. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, he still wants to heal you. He still wants to take care of his creation. All those people that were healed in the New Testament, were they saved? No. (laughs) They just knew about Jesus and came to him and got healed. He's showing his mercy. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. It just wasn't then that his truth of the word of God for healing happened then and has passed away. It is this truth endures to all generations. I think I'm in one of those generations. I know you are too. So his truth has been passed down to us that he wants us healed. He wants us healed. Now, Jesus suffered on the cross. He submitted himself to the Father's will to heal us on the cross. Now, getting back to this man with a withered hand back in 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 Matthew chapter 12, Jesus was always doing the will of the Father. He submitted to that will. I try to do that. I try to submit to the Father's will no matter what it is, no matter whether I can do it or not. It's not me anyway. It's the Spirit of God working in and through me. That's what Jesus always knew. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he said, I don't do anything on myself. It's the Spirit of God that's working in and through him. So Jesus submitted to the will of his Father, and he said to the man, stretch out your hand. Stretch out your hand. You see, uh, Jesus could have said, you're healed. No, he wanted the man to do something. He wanted the man to, now you stretch it out. In other words, cast off that witherness. Cast off that dryness in your skin. Extend out with intense, with very extreme intense, do it, do it, do it by faith. That's what we have to do with our lives. We have to do it by faith. God tells us to do something and we do it by faith. Well, this man had to do it by faith. I mean, he couldn't move his hand. He couldn't move his hand at all. Uh, but But he had to stretch it out. And he did. And his hand was restored like the other, like it should be. That's what God wants to do with us. He wants to restore us like we should be. We shouldn't be suffering. We shouldn't be in the point of misery and problems and situations in our life. He wants to restore us. He wants to heal us. 
to set us free. And that's what he did with this man with the withered hand. Now, back in chapter 12 of Matthew, now verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, knew what? Well, that goes back to verse 14. The Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. You see, Jesus knows everything. (laughs) He knew what they were doing. I am sure that the Holy Spirit revealed it to him. He knew what these Pharisees were doing, trying to plot to, to kill him and destroy him, to come against him in any possible way. Jesus knew their plotting. He knew that he was being persecuted for what he did in the synagogue that day. Yes, he did. But yet, he still healed. In the midst of persecution, Jesus healed. Jesus healed. Jesus healed. That's what he said here in verse 15 even. And when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. He healed them all. He healed them all. Doesn't make any difference how persecuted you are. You have the responsibility in God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, to heal the sick, to bring healing. That's what Jesus wants to do. Now, I served uh, in in South Georgia for 20 years. And uh, God sent me to minister to a certain group of people, those that were hurting in their life, those that needed healing, those that needed Jesus, those that needed the Holy Spirit. And for 20 years, that was my ministry, to go about bringing healing to the groups of people that were crying out for help. They were praying and seeking God. Did not know, some of them did not know what they were looking for. So God would send me and to bring healing to these groups of people and, and set them free. Oh, uh, well, that didn't sit well with the hierarchy and the people of the church. And as you can see here, as it got tighter and tighter and tighter, I was squeezed out. Well, but God says you're blessed. Now, wait a minute. God says I'm blessed. I am blessed now because uh, the, 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 these people who are in the hierarchy were against me and some of the people in the church were against me and, and they didn't want all this to take place. They didn't want all this healing to take place and, and it was pressure was coming against you and you were being, I was being, uh, reviled and, and being spoken against and insulted and, uh, and you say that I'm blessed? Well, Jesus did. <laughs> Jesus said, you're blessed. In the midst of it all, you are blessed. When you're doing the Father's will, when you're bringing healing to people that need help in their life, even though people may not like it, God says, you are blessed. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. 
That's right after what we call the Beatitudes. Verses 11 and 12 of chapter 5. Jesus speaking. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Blessed are you. I'm blessed. Reviled. What does that mean? Well, it means you insulted. <laughs> it means that people will exp- uh, talk to you and disapprove of you in a, a way they're very disappointed in you being there. That's what revile means. You are totally insulted for who you are and what you are doing in Christ Jesus. But God says you are blessed. Blessed. First Peter 4.14. Turn over with me. Keep your hand right there on Matthew. Now we're coming back to there. First Peter 4.14. First Peter 4.14. Peter writing, the Holy Spirit writing through Peter, if you are reproached, if you are reproached, if you are reviled for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. Hallelujah. Even when people come against you because of what you're doing for the Father in the power of the Spirit, you are blessed for the Spirit of glory and God rest upon you. Wow. Glory be to God. So those who, who live in another world from their problems and, and others, that's ones that, that need to be set free. Free from earthly cares and struggles. People need to be set free. And when you do that, you are blessed. That's what the word blessed means. You are set free. God says, I I bless you. He says, I'm setting you free from what the world can do against you. That's amazing. That's, that's, hallelujah. The world cannot affect my life. Because God has blessed me. Can you make that commitment? Can you make that confession today? Hallelujah. Now, back over to Matthew chapter 5, verse 12. Uh, After you've been reviled and persecuted, and all kinds of evil have been done against you, falsely for the sake of Jesus, then it says rejoice. Oh, gosh. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, now wait a minute. I gotta rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Why? Because great is your reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I gotta rejoice. I, I gotta rejoice. <laughs> well, what in the world? How in the world can I rejoice? And I'm going through all this mess. What did I gotta rejoice? How can uh, well, that's what they, you remember in, in the book of Acts, that's what they did. They got carried before the religious council of the day. And, and they told them not to teach or preach in the name of Jesus. 
And so they came back as recorded in verse chapter 5, verse 31 of Acts. It says, So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. That's the suffering that we're going to go through. We're not talking about physical ailments. We're not talking about mental ailments. We're talking about suffering for Jesus. When you go out and do things in the name of Jesus and people come against you, that's suffering just like Jesus did. But Jesus said, Jesus wants us to rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Hallelujah. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad because we, in the midst of persecution, we were providing healing for people just as he did. When you do things just as he did, then you are blessed and you can rejoice. Hallelujah. One more scripture. First Peter 4, 12 and 3. First Peter 4, 12 and 13, excuse me. And 14 even. Yeah. 12 through 14. Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. Isn't that what we just said? When you get persecuted because you are bringing healing to someone or when you're trying to help someone and people don't like the way you're doing it, like what's going on, you're suffering like Jesus did. But rejoice to the extent that you are partaker of Christ's sufferings that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. In that verse 14, we already read, If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Hallelujah. So I'm encouraging you today. I'm encouraging you to go out and do God's will that he puts on your heart to bring healing to someone no matter what. Jesus did. He knew we were going to be persecuted. Now you go and do the same thing. Let me pray for you. You need healing in your life. I pronounce healing upon you in Jesus' name that you may go forth and do the Father's will. Now, let me pray for you as you go out. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to do your will. And we commit this day to do the will of our Father. Just like your son Jesus did, we will do. We will bring healing to people. We will bring restoration, salvation, wholeness, power of the spirit of the living God. We're going to come no matter what takes place. And we know that as we do, we are blessed. We thank you for blessing us. And we thank you, Father, for giving us that opportunity to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hoje a minha alma põe em mim o aroma de Jesus.
Rio dos Vales, cresce e 